Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. Um, in each episode, I look at a work of Philip K. Dick. We've been going through his short stories, and we looked at one of his novels, Solar Lottery. So you're encouraged to go back and you know listen to those episodes and give me your thoughts on that. But in this episode, I just wanted to touch base about the upcoming television series, which I think is going to be beginning in a few days, uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. I haven't really looked that much into it. I, I kind of wa I watched the trailer. And I glanced at a few articles, but I, I finally I got an article here, which is published online at Radio Times. It's called Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, Everything You Need to Know. And I just wanted to uh, give my thoughts on the episodes. What we have here is uh, a description of, of all the episodes that are coming, the ones that are being released uh, this month and next month, and then the ones that are going to be released early next year. Um, so it looks like from this from this article that these are fairly faithful adaptations. Another article made a comment that uh, the writers were encouraged to do what they wanted, to go beyond the source material. And of course, that happens in all adaptations. Um, however, it seems that this is a pretty solid series that is trying to get to the heart of some of the themes of, of Dick no Dick's novels or short stories. So the first episode we have is The Hoodmaker which is based on the short story, The Hoodmaker. Um, its air date is supposed to be Sunday, September 17th. Uh, quoting the article, set in a dystopian 1970s London, blighted by limited technology and civil unrest, The Hoodmaker follows Agent Ross and his telepathic partner, Honor, as they investigate unrest between the oppressed mind-reading teeps and regular humans while tracking down a mysterious figure making thought-proof hoods, end quote. So this seems to be a pretty... Uh, pretty faithful adaptation of the story. Um, <clears throat> you have the same conflict between the people, um, the the people with telepathic powers, the posthumans, the that can read people's minds, and then the regular people trying to resist having their minds read. And then the role of the state investigating the emergence of this technology that can prevent the readings of minds. So I haven't yet reviewed The Hoodmaker, but um, hopefully I will in an upcoming episode. The second episode is The Impossible Planet, and that will be released on the 24th of September. So, quote, two bitter space tourism employees take up a confused old woman's request for a trip back to Earth, despite the existence of the planet having now become a long debunked myth. Uh, and, but as time goes on, their scam takes an unusual turn. So again, we have what seems to be a very faithful adaptation of a Philip Dick story. Uh, the same thing essentially happens in the short story, which I did review. I don't know if I, I don't think I've uploaded it yet, but the uh, review's done and it will be up shortly. So in that story, you have the same thing. Two people, you know, take someone, try to scam them uh, by taking them to a planet that they... They, they, they kind of fake as Earth because Earth is, doesn't really exist anymore outside of mythology. But she insists Earth exists. They take her to this planet, which turns out to be Earth, but no one really knows it. And I think she dies there. I hope they put the robot in there because there is a robot in that story, which is kind of a robot butler that follows this old woman around. Uh, the next episode is The Commuter, uh, again, based on the story um, by Philip Dick with the same name, The Commuter. Uh, a lowly train station employee discovers to his great alarm that many commuters are taking a train to an unusual location, a town that shouldn't exist. 
Um, so this actually, I was wrong. I watched the trailer and I got the impression from the trailer that the main character, played by Timothy Spall, is going to be was going to be the commuter himself, and we'd see the story from the commuter's point of view. But it doesn't look like that. we're going to get again a very what sounds like to be a very faithful adaptation of the story from the point of view of of the manager of the train station who figures out that some people are going to these places that don't really exist and then he investigates it and then he's going to undergo at least on the story he undergoes a very significant transformation in his own life if you're I, I reviewed this a few episodes back and in my view of this story is really about the about urban planning and the arbitrariness of suburban life how towns can be in one place but they could be anywhere else it doesn't really matter and so what actually happens in the story is in an alternate timeline that a town exists because it was like voted on by by like one vote in another timeline it was voted down by one vote and so that town was never developed in in one timeline but it exists but in that timeline the main character actually has a different life he has a wife and a kids um so uh, and he is actually able to shift between these two timelines next episode uh real life uh, so this is the one with Anna Paquin uh, is playing on it, uh, written by Battlestar Galactica creator Ronald D. Moore. It's based on exhibit piece. So this one we need to talk a little bit more about. I think here's a description of the episode on the article. A policewoman from the future finds herself connected to a brilliant game designer from the present through an unusual piece of technology with a pair hunting violent killers who have devastating plans. But when it turns out their connection could be the end of them both, will they be able to break it? I haven't reviewed Exhibit Piece yet. It'll come in future weeks. And when it happens, I'll probably compare it to the this episode. What this story is about is a man who visits the historical agency. And he's a, basically a museum he goes to. And he has a lot of empathy for a particular time period, the 1950s. And he, well, basically by visiting this, this exhibit, this almost museum exhibit of, of the life of the 1950s, he's able to shift between timelines and have different experiences. In this way, it's a lot like the commuter, but here it's actually shifting through time. The time that the main character lives in, you have a lot of cultural homogeneity and no diversity. So he, he longs to live in a different world and have different options. So that's what leads him to seek out the 1950s as his ideal world. We have shout outs in this story to Time Out of Joint and this kind of people idealizing the 1950s as a perfect time. Uh, and certainly in the time of Trump and this Make America Great Again rhetoric, it's, you know, these stories, you know, are, are very prescient and, you know, seem to predict some of the nostalgia people have for this time period. However, it doesn't seem from this description we have of the story that there's much in common except for the, the, the fact that there's a way to get kind of between these, these two timelines. So again, a policewoman from the future finds herself connected to a brilliant game designer from the present through an unusual piece of technology. So this is a very, very loose adaptation from the sound of it. In fact, when I first got this description, I really struggled to find out like what story is this it was pretty easy from some of the other descriptions we had to know what story came from this one i had no idea and i thought it was actually an original story that just seemed to have philip dick themes so they put it in 
but here it's being claimed to be based on exhibit piece. So um, this is our first of the series, which seems to be a radical departure from what Dick wrote. Uh, the next episode, episode five, is Crazy Diamond. This one has Steve Buscemi and Julia Davis as the main actors. And, you know, just to say, we seem to be having a lot of uh, big name um, actors being hired for this series. I guess that's a common theme now in, in television production. So, quote, Bolt lover Ed Morris leads an ordinary life in a sanitized, heavily controlled world. But when an exciting, synthetic woman tries to get him involved in a daring heist, his life, career, and marriage start to crumble around him. So in this story, you have a commuter going between his workplace on Ganymede, I think it is, and his home on, on Earth or the other way around. I forget. Um, but... The commute is really one of the more memorable parts of this story is just because he's being bombarded with ads constantly. Anyways, he goes home and then a door-to-door -door salesman comes to his house and it's a robot selling a fast ride. And it's, he pushes how this is going to improve his life and the fast ride he demonstrates can do all kinds of things, right? It can, it's basically the universal product that can do anything you want it to do. Um, his wife wants him to buy it, but Morris just wants to get away from all this consumerism and this buying and the advertisements. And eventually he's hounded to his his death. Right? I think he eventually crashes his, his ship in an effort to get away from this sales robot. Um, and that's the story. Um, but the fast red stands up and just continues his um, sales pitch. I, I think the robot itself that's selling it is the fast red. So there's a a combination here there's no heist as i recall but i am interested to see what they do with marriage because this is a big theme of philip dick's stories and there's a couple episodes in this series that are dealing with dick's views of marriage and family um, which you know i think is one of the most important themes that dick explores and that's the kind of the frustration of the traditional marriage and the nuclear family and pretty much all his novels have broken or breaking marriages really strong in his novels but there's some really great stories such as out in the garden of withered apples uh, human is which we'll talk about in a minute they're all about the, the fractured um, family so um, yeah not it doesn't it seems to be a fairly loose adaptation I, I would rather have seen the the traditional sales pitch because it's so fun and goofy and 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 just kind of humorous, especially now where ads are infiltrating so much of our lives, right? You can't watch a YouTube video without getting a 30-minute ad these days. Um, so I think it would have been um, a really nice straight adaptation, but we'll see what they do with it. Um, episode 6, Human Is. So this is the one that has Brian Cranston, who I think he's the host of the entire series, but in this he'll be the actor. Uh, Human Is. So this seems to be a straight adaptation of the story. Quote, an unhappy woman trapped in a loveless marriage with an emotionally abusive husband finds him utterly transformed when he returns from war. But can the changes, however positive, really be so innocent? End quote. Well, in the story human is, the, the real change is that the, the husband is really a kind of a very aloof man. He focuses on his work. He doesn't really care much for his wife, but he comes back very loving and passionate. Um, and romantic and she knows pretty much right away that something weird has happened and when they investigate they find out his mind's basically been taken over by an alien and therefore um he should you know 
his friend her, her friends say well we gotta like purge this alien from them restore your husband but she chooses not to and she decides to stay with this man so that is the stories we're going to get in September and October of this year um, and then we're going to get a few more it seems one two four more in early 2018 I don't know if these have been produced yet I looking at the trailer I didn't see any scenes from these stories so I guess we're not going they have maybe haven't been completed yet maybe we'll get a new trailer of those later on I don't really know much about the production schedule of television we have casts for these though and, and writers so they they're, should be close to being done anyways uh, we get kill all others which is based on the hanging stranger quote after a policeman makes a shocking statement encouraging violence a man is apparently murdered and left hanging from a lamppost mysteriously ignored by passerbyers only one man questions the situation making him an instant target as dark forces close in end quote so again this is a sounds like a really close adaptation of the story I, I, there's nothing here that doesn't seem to happen in the in the story as dick wrote it next autofac based on autofac uh, one of dick's most important and famous short stories quote human society has collapsed and a vast automatic factory keeps humanity oppressed after deciding that freedom of choice and and free will only delay consumption of its products a small band of rebels are all that stand in the factory's way but when they resolve to destroy it they find that they're the perfect consumers after all end quote so this seems to have the heart of the story right there they, they seem to add a little bit of plot to it one is the idea that the i think in the story it was a, a factory producing stuff during the war and it was automated for war production and after the war is over and earth's been destroyed the factory keeps producing things to the point that it's destroying the natural resources of the area so there's a strong ecological message here this doesn't mention a war so i don't know if that's part of it just that society's collapsed but the factory keeps working um and then we got the factory as more of a a conscious mind actually trying to sell its products uh to the people by controlling their minds we have the rebellion against the machine which is in the story as well but the twist that they become perfect consumers is not what happens in the story in the story they try to destroy it in the end they actually cause it to spread to other locations and it's constantly trying to repair itself and respond to the efforts by the humans to destroy it or reprogram it so the heart of the story seems to be right about consumerism we'll see if the ecological message gets in here i hope it is um, and the efforts to try to destroy it so resistance to consumerism and the failure of it failure of that resistance is what that story is about and we seem we're getting that here in according to the description next safe and sound which is based on foster you're dead another very famous and important philip dick story uh, in the story we have a boy who lives up in this culture of paranoia this basically it's the 1950s paranoia about nuclear war and everyone in the community buys these bomb shelters and but foster doesn't his parents don't agree that there's much danger and so they don't want to spend the money on it and foster becomes increasingly paranoid in this culture and ends up kind of like hiding out in bomb shelters at the at the stores where they're being sold but here's a description we have of the episode an anxious small town girl moves to an enormous futuristic city with her mother and finds her days gripped by fear and paranoia in a society obsessed with security and terrorist prevention however she soon finds some comfort from an unexpected source end quote so we got a a, a few changes here uh, one is the characters made a woman uh, a girl and that's 
that's great. Uh, the focus, both actually, both we got a woman, a mother, and a child instead of a son and her father as main characters. So that's that's a, a good change. A lot of these stories were kind of male centered, so I'm glad they added um, a story by you know making it more female centered. They seem to have done that with sales pitch too, uh, by adding a the robot that visits is or the strange woman who visits, I like guess synthetic woman. So yeah, it's a robot as a woman. I think it's it's basically male in the story. So I think that's a good change to uh, add a little bit of gender diversity in these stories, which, are, you know, they're pretty male centered. Um, but otherwise, I I don't. You know, I don't know, it, it doesn't really talk about bomb shelters here, so but maybe it's it's kind of modernizing it to more of this uh, security obsessed culture and terrorist fear about terrorism that we now live with. I, I live in a city, Taipei, where you can't walk down the streets and not be under surveillance of cameras. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. So I know what this is is like. And of course, anyone in the post 9-11 world knows about heightened security. So I think a lot of this will, will ring true to home. And I, it seems to have the heart of the story correct. Finally, we have the father thing. Um, Greg Kinnear is going to be an actor in this. So that's interesting. It's based on the father thing about the story. So, quote, as aliens quickly invade Earth by replacing individual humans, only a young boy realizes that his father, Kinnear, has become a dangerous monster. Desperate to protect his mother and the human race in general, he must make terrible decisions to save them all. End quote. So in the story, the father thing, it's, it's, it's basically about a child realizing that his father is two people. Right. And this is something all children experience at various times in their life. Right. Their father they love or the parent they love and care for and adore becomes a monster overnight. Right. I, I just recently saw the movie It and there's a, a great scene in the book, It, which they didn't fully translate because it's pretty brutal. But where Beverly's father, basically his mind is taken over by the entity that lives in Derry and chases her throughout through town, you know threatening to hurt violently hurt her there's connotations of of rape there too so it's a pretty brutal scene i understand why they didn't adapt it fully for for the movie but it's a really powerful scene but you you know there's a scene where she says something like i love you daddy but sometimes you become this way and i can't stand it i i think we all experience this to a degree with our parents because we grow up with this belief that our parents are our protectors and they're going to be there for us but then things happen to, you know, they get mad or our parents fight or they talk about divorce or they just say stuff to us that seem bizarre and weird from our child's mind. And that's what the story of the father thing is about. Um, of course, there's this hint that the father's been taken over by aliens or monsters. Um, so that's that seems to uh, this seems to be an accurate adaptation as well. So I've watched the trailers now and I've read these summaries. So I think it looks like we're going to get a really great series. The production quality looks great on these. The, some really high-end actors have been hired. Some famous writers. Um, you know, people. You know, look at the, if you look at the the resumes of some of these writers. They've worked on Battlestar Galactica. They've worked on um, what else here? The Young Pope, an HBO series. So these are some pretty big names here and of course we have Brian Cranston at the head of it so I'm really excited for this series um, unfortunately I 
don't know how I'm going to be able to see it because I don't have Channel 4 and I don't have Amazon. So I might have to subscribe. I don't know what that means um, living in Taiwan um, to get it. But I'll, I'll, you know, I would like to get it legally and pay for it if, if it's possible. So I may have to subscribe to Amazon, at least for a while, to get a hold of this. Um, as episodes come out, I don't know if I'll do individual episode reviews unless people really want that. But I'll probably just talk about these episodes as I review the stories that they're, they're based on with the exceptions of the ones I've already looked at. Anyways, um, that was the whole point of this episode, was just to go over these descriptions and to give my comments about what I think we're going to be getting very shortly. Um, the first episode, I think, comes out in less than a week. So thanks for so much, so much for listening. Uh, I'll be continuing next time with the stories. I've been continuing to make episodes on the various short stories. We're almost through the 1953 stories. Um, and I would point out that a lot of these ones that are being adapted for this series were written in 1954, which was another big year for Dick's stories, where he kind of moved out of this, um, I guess, apprenticeship period. And some of his greatest stories were pu published in 1954 and some of his most memorable ones, 1954 and 55. Um, so it's a, it's a really a fruitful time, and I'm excited to get into those stories, which I'll be doing shortly. But thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoy Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams when it comes out. Um, you know, it looks it looks great. It really does. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>